Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw, known as the Success Alchemist. You can find me at the successalchemist.net, at the webalchemist.net, on Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw the Success Alchemist, and on Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw. Today is the 15th of May 2021, and the title of today's show is Movie Script election audits update crimes against humanity so as usual lots going on this week again um just want to kind of give a quick review of the things i'm going to cover and then i'll jump in with more detail so what have we seen um the the pipeline that got um taken out by a cyber attack now one of the things being asked is whether this was a false flag and I'll go into that in a little more detail shortly. We've got the continuing audit situation with the election fraud. Um, obviously the one in, in the headlines primarily is Arizona because that is actually underway at the moment but we've also got news coming in about Wisconsin and Michigan as well. So again I'll cover that. Um, the Israel-Gaza situation is very interesting. Um, again, I have a feeling that that is a movie script playing out, but I'll explain that later. We've got, of course, the COVID situation and the vaccine and interesting information that came out about Fauci and the Wuhan lab. I'm sure most of you know that uh, there are interesting links between Fauci and, you know, the NIH and the other organisations he's involved with um, and his uh, connections to the Wuhan lab, which is thought to be the source of the COVID-19 virus, assuming, of course, that it is really a virus. And it's on the subject of the vaccine that I'm going to be talking about crimes against humanity. So lots to get through. So I will start with this pipeline situation. And, you know, the original news that came out was that it had been hacked by an organisation in Russia, which interestingly is now saying that they're shutting down the organisation and they actually claim that they just did it for the money and they didn't want to to um, cause any disruption in society. Well, of course, taking out the pipeline, which basically cut the supply of gasoline all the way up the, the East Coast, um, had dramatic effects. Of course, we saw... Lots of people panicking and hoarding and the most ridiculous things. I mean, it's a bit like the the toilet paper fiasco when COVID first started. Goodness knows why people needed all that toilet paper. But anyway, so, of course, you've got idiots um, filling up every possible container, including plastic bags, to, you know, make sure that they didn't run out of gas and uh, the level of intelligence, well, <laughs> of those people involved was, was ridiculous. And um, I've got something here to share with you.
And this is a message or a post I saved from a Telegram. Nate said I should create a channel is the name of it. And this is what I'm going to read to you is one um, reason why we suspect a false flag. And there has been a lot of uh, comment on the boards that potentially the deep state actually took out the the pipeline and but on the other hand you know I do question whether perhaps the white hats did this I don't think anybody else has has put that forward but maybe they have but if you think about it you know there's all this push for the green new deal and I think the um the downing of the pipeline has really illustrated how dependent we are on fossil fuels and, you know, the people that just swallow the climate change propaganda, um, you know, they're advocating for electric vehicles and they don't realise that the way that these um, electric vehicles or hybrids are recharged is due to the power that comes from the power stations that use fossil fuel. So it's rather ironic <laughs> that, uh, you know, they should be saying, oh, no, we need to get rid of gas. And then, of course, uh, John Kerry, who's the uh, climate czar, came back and said, oh, yes, pipelines are important. And this is after, of course, Biden in the first days of his supposed administration cancelled the XL pipeline. So, you know, it's it's uh, it's really expo exposing again the agenda of the Democrats. That's why I think it could be a white hat false flag, because, as, as I said in the title of the show, we really are seeing a movie play out. And, and it is about awakening the masses and, and creating more of the um, voter remorse. We've still got people in there you know, touting how wonderful Biden is and, you know, we've got to deal with climate change, we've got to have electric vehicles and all the rest of it. And, you know, you have to wonder if pe these people are watching the same things that we are. <laughs> so many more gaffes from Biden this week and really showing up his inability to string a sentence together. But again, I am sure it is all optics that, you know, God has won, Trump has won, and we've just got to, you know, trust the plan. But I know we are getting impatient over this. <laughs> but it's a major, major deal to take this down. So let me just read you this message. And I also want to read you a Breitbart article as well. Um, so having a conversation with a fluid power engineer who works on pipelines and oil refineries worth your read. Um, I spent 37 years in the oil industry and I absolutely know there are redundant backup and manual systems in place where any computer problems surface. I was in charge of custody transfer for the largest oil company in the world and I regularly audited Colonial Pipeline. I can tell you with confidence there is no way a computer malfunction of any kind would be able to stop product flow. 
there is something more to this story. Me. Um, and I don't know quite who that refers to. Now, if you'd be so kind to confirm what any engineer would know, rhetorical question, would the systems be shut down prior to a controlled demolition in the region in order to prevent black swan internal systems failure and or damage the high pressure valve systems that are located above ground? Response, systems are shut down periodically for pigging lines and other maintenance. I'm sure shutdowns are protocol in close proximity to demolitions. In the event of a control shutdown, pre-stocking of needed products are well planned in advance to prevent refinery upsets and to ensure public purchase via tankage. The only way for destructive non-scheduled flow stoppage is via electrical grid system, inadvertent shutdown and in many cases generators are in line for backup. Me, and that's not me, but in this message, just like nuke plants, hydroelectric plants, water treatment plants and any and every other form of infrastructure, redundancy of fail-safe protocol, both computer controlled and that of manual controls. Stay safe, friend. Response, absolutely. And you as well, my friend. So what this is saying, and it makes perfect sense to me because, you know, I worked in the computer industry for couple of decades you know with such critical um infrastructure in terms of the computer systems and the actual pipeline itself you have to have um you know fail safes for if the system should go down for any reason so you know what they're saying is this could have been prevented even if it was a cyber attack there are manual backup systems that would enable the pipeline to continue to supply the gasoline up the coast. So anyway, let's hear from Breitbart. And this says, and this was on, uh, let me see the date, 11th of May. Um, Gas lines return as woke deep state fails to stop cyber attack. Um, I think, again, you know, this is highlighting the um, lack of response from cybersecurity to allow this kind of thing to happen, uh, very similar to the way that they dealt with the, um, you know, election fraud and everything else in terms of were the voting machines um, manipulated by a cyber attack, by access from, you know, different countries that wanted to change the outcome of the election so it's kind of highlighting um other issues as well in terms of security um and of course i think i said last week that trump had actually signed an executive order preventing foreign uh countries foreign agencies from having access to our infrastructure and of course, Biden revoked that. And then lo and behold, we have this attack on the infrastructure. So this article says, welcome to Jimmy Carter 2.0 to an America saddled with a failed president and a failed deep state whose minions worry about everything except what actually matters. The goddamned FBI and the goddamned CIA have one goddamn job, and that's to protect our way of life, period. And the fastest way to unravel our way of life, the most effective, deadly and destructive way, 
is to interrupt the free flow of oil. Therefore, outside of physical threats to American persons and property, the FBI and the CIA should be focused almost exclusively on ensuring the energy that keeps our way of life alive is not interrupted. Well, once again, these feckless deep staters have failed. Instead of being focused on stopping a very successful cyber attack on a crucial oil pipeline, these useless idiots have been focused on using the correct pronouns. The buzzword is intersectionality. And there's um, a video included. Here's what the woke tard CIA has been focused on these days. And I think this is to do with the recruitment ads that have been going out from the CIA. And incidentally, uh, shared on Twitter as well, I think it was Twitter, was a an military recruitment ad, which was absolutely <laughs> cringeworthy, you know, all about wokeness and uh, lesbians and, oh, you know, not exactly putting out a very good image of the strength of the US military. So again, I think we're watching a movie script. This is all showing how pathetic, how anti-American this administration is. Anyway, continuing with the article. And on top of orchestration, a coup against former President Trump. That wasn't very good English. It looks as though the FBI has been focused on the same very last thing the institutions charged protecting our way of life should be worried about is any of this racist and divisive social justice garbage. It not only wastes their limited resources on nonsense, it skews institutional priorities to where damaging the American way of life sounds like a good thing, like cosmic justice, like a way to teach our evil country a lesson, a way to right wrongs. Other than oxygen and sunlight, oil is the most important natural resource in the world. Without it, we have nothing. No light, no food, no working hospitals, no heat, no air conditioning, and no way to make a living. And when the price of oil and gas increases, it affects the price of everything else, because oil is necessary to manufacture and transport everything. And who do you think these price spikes hurt most? It sure isn't the wealthy like Hunter Biden. No, it's the working poor who are brutalised because it's the working poor who feel the ravages of inflation the most. But now that the damage is done, now that the cyber attack has succeeded, the question becomes what his fraudulency Joe Biden and the woke tarred CIA and FBI plan to do about it. The, this attack is without question only one of two things. If it's from a, go a foreign government, it's an act of war. If it came from an individual or a group not affiliated with a government, it's an act of terrorism. There must be consequences, but with Biden, the CIA and FBI so focused on using the correct pronouns and hunting down anyone photographed in D.C. on January 6th, I have zero faith anything will be done to discourage further attacks. I also believe the ongoing fecklessness from Biden, the CIA and the FBI invited this attack. These things didn't happen under Trump because the world knew Trump was not screwing around or worried about pronouns. He was dedicated to protecting our way of life and ensuring America was energy independent. But then along comes slow Joe and what we get is the kind of weakness and appeasement that openly encourages this kind of aggression. And as will always be the case, it is our country's most vulnerable who suffer the brunt of it. 
So again, in the plot of the movie, we've gone from Trump, ha you know, having energy independence and cheap gasoline to gasoline prices going through the roof. And of course, you know, no gas up the East Coast. So again, contrast is a wonderful thing. So let's look at another part of the movie script. And this is the situation in Israel and Gaza. And we need to remember that Biden, in the latest COVID relief package, was sending money to Palestine for their COVID-19 response. And, of course, they're also sending money to Iran. And the belief is that Iran is actually funding Gaza's um, ammunition, the rockets and so on. And it's so interesting, of course, again, that this is contrast with Trump in power. We had the Abraham Accords, which was actually um, historical in terms of achieving peace in the Middle East. And no, no sooner is Trump out of the picture, well, supposedly, but we've got war breaking out um, between Israel and Gaza. And then we've got other countries getting involved as well. We've got Jordan, we've got Syria. Um, you know, there's a, there are conflicts starting between different uh, members of the Middle East. So it really is showing the, the, the country, our country and the world, you know, that uh, Joe Biden is a promoter of war or he's at least in terms of his appeasement approach to Iran and, you know, sending all this foreign aid abroad to these uh, terrorist control countries is not only bad news for the Middle East, it's bad news for the US. So the reason that I'm thinking that this is not actually real, a couple of things. Um, one is that there was a... a short video put out on uh, social media showing a stretcher being carried and then it was put down on a, on the street and the supposed dead body on the stretcher because the the body was completely covered in a sheet got up <laughs> off the stretcher and ran off which you know it suggests that it was a crisis actor um the other thing is that there's been a some posts on social media saying this isn't real. Um, you know, all this these are all fireworks and they're not really happening. Um, there was a um, an audio put out by a psychic from Israel, basically saying this is not real. It's a movie. Um, everything is fine. And then again. We have um, some fake news from the media. And this, I think, is a Twitter post by Jovan Hutton Pulitzer. And he says, how media is used to massage minds of weak people who do not research for themselves. So the fake news is a Punjabi um, newspaper, I believe. And this was posted on the 13th of May. Two brothers from Gaza, one of them thought that the other had died during the bombing, but it was a surprise. And then the same 
image is used was used in a Washington Post article which was back in August 28 sorry 2016 I think it's very small this so I can't quite see the date um yes 2016 fate of Syrian boys captured on video morning loss of brother unknown so what we're seeing again is the media putting out false narratives or at least using images that are you know not from the current supposed conflict and we've seen this before with the riots you know they were using images from you know years ago we saw it from the covid situation where the mainstream media were using images from italy showing people in hospital you know people are wise to this now or at least the the awakened ones are wise to this and We've seen quite a number of images from Israel and Gaza. Gaza particularly, supposedly um, victims or casualties of this white phosphorus chemical attack. But even those look staged and perhaps they're old images from other situations. So the thing about being awake is that we question everything and more and more people are doing exactly that. And as I was saying about contrast, um, here's an article from TrendingPolitics.com. And this was um, four days ago, so that would be the 11th. Uh, breaking Trump releases urgent statement as Israel gets hit with more attacks. While Ilan Omar and the Democrats are no doubt jumping for joy that Israel is under attack from Hamas terrorists, but President Trump is having none of it. Trump has just come out in strong defence of Israel in a brand new statement. When I was in office, we were known as the peace presidency because Israel's adversaries or adversaries knew that the United States stood strongly with Israel and there would be swift retribution if Israel was attacked, Trump began. Under Biden, the world is getting more violent and more unstable because Biden's weakness and lack of support for Israel is leading to new attacks on our allies, he added. America must always stand with Israel and make clear that the Palestinians must end the violence, terror and rocket attacks and make clear that the US will always strongly support Israel's right to defend itself. Unbelievably, Democrats also continue to stand by crazed anti-American representatives representative Ilan Omar and others who savagely attack Israel while they are under terrorist assault, Trump concluded. And the article goes on to show a screenshot of a tweet from Disclosed TV, which is actually has the statement and some um, videos of what's actually happening in Israel. And of course, we've got the squad cheering on um, Gaza and condemning Israel for being terrorists in um, firing on Gaza when they were the ones that were attacked by Gaza. So they're just defending themselves. But let's look at this from another perspective again. And, you know, I said this could potentially be a false flag. Um, but also we have to remember that... Um, much of the crimes against humanity have been perpetrated by Mossad 
the uh, Israeli Secret Service. And also, there is a difference between the true Jewish race and the Khazarian Mafia. And the other thought is that what's happening in Israel is that um, this is to do with the takedown of the the black hats, as it were, the you know the Khazarian mafia, which is satanic, involved in child trafficking, etc., etc., and obviously the terrorists in Gaza, the Hamas. So again, you know, we we're speculating, but you know there is more to this than meets the eye. The timing is uh, interesting. Again, as I said. It's contrasting Trump's administration where he actually achieved peace in the Middle East versus um, Biden and the, the fact that all hell's broken loose now that a weak president, um, and of course he's a fraudulent president, supposedly is in the White House. And just before I move on, I also want to just refer back to Q posts, and I don't have any particular numbers in front of me, but... Q has said on several occasions about a necessary scare event and perhaps what we're seeing here, again, to have people at the precipice in terms of awakening, that we're seeing this conflict spread across the Middle East and potentially, you know, it could result in escalation to a much bigger conflict and people are already saying or they have said it could potentially be like a world war three but it's controlled by the white hat so it's you being used the scary event is being used to purposely really awaken people and uh we'll see we'll have to see how this plays out so let's move on to the election fraud now and the um, audits. And I want to start with a kind of a, a helicopter view of the 2020 presidential election. This is from Gateway Pundit and it was published May the 9th. This is big. US Census Bureau confirms huge conflict in total number of voters in 2020 election. The results of the 2020 election are again not supported by evidence. This time, the data reported by the Census Bureau conflicts with the election results. According to the US Census Bureau's results from the 2020 census, there are obvious discrepancies with the results of the 2020 election. US, and this is via election whiz, U.S. Census data released last week called into question the official vote tally from the 2020 election. As part of the census, the government collects data on citizens who self-report as having voted in presidential elections. The collected data shows an unusual anomaly in the reported results. According to the census, the recorded number of people voting in 2020 was tallied at 154,628,000. On the other hand, official results place the number of actual ballots cast slightly north of 158 million. That's a discrepancy of nearly 4 million votes. Speaking to pollster Richard Barris during an episode of Inside the Numbers, Lawyer Robert Barnes said historically the census tends to pin on the nose the recorded vote numbers with the actual results. 
In other words, often the two data sets reasonably match. Barnes is right. For example, the Bureau was nearly spot on in 2008, slightly underreporting that 131,100,000 voted, while the official results showed 131,300,000 ballots cast. The election whiz continues. Of course, sometimes the census has missed the mark, but for decades, in almost every case where the census grossly botched the results, it was because the Bureau over-recorded the number of those who voted. Consider the following. In 1992, the census over-recorded the official results by slightly more than 9 million. In 1996, the census again over-recorded the number of reported reported voters by roughly 9 million. Similarly, the Bureau recorded the number of those who voted in the 2004 election as 125 million, while official results placed the total at 122 million. We now have multiple data markers that provide evidence the election results are not reasonable. This is something big media and big tech will not share. They have been covering for this fraudulent election for months. What a disgrace. And I have to add that we've even got people within the Republican Party saying that the election wasn't stolen. And Liz Cheney is a prime example and she lost her chairmanship at the GOP conference this week. So um, her position is obviously not very popular. She's also saying she'll do anything to prevent Trump from getting anywhere near the Oval Office again. So I think we can write her off. Now, last week I reported on this issue over getting hold of the routers that were used in the election. And, you know, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors were saying, no, you can't have them because they're also used for 60 other departments and it would give access to confidential material and, and so on and so forth. Um, GOP chair Dr Kelly Ward, I love this woman, she does some great short video updates. Um, this is a, an article from the Gateway Pundit. She said, elections should not have been certified if Maricopa County election routers were shared with law enforcement. And it does have her video. Um, the article says Arizona GOP chair Dr. Kelly Ward released a video update on Monday morning on America's audit. Dr. Ward went on to explain the big router lie by the Maricopa County officials. Maricopa County had 2.1 million votes in 2020 and therefore required a large system to handle them. And therefore the county would need hardware routers for the election. The routers would never be used for data storage because they could not support the amount of information. Maricopa County insisted last week they could not turn over the routers because they are shared with law enforcement. Dr Kelly Ward explained in this video that if an election is to be certified, its routers should not and could not be shared with law enforcement. This is not allowed. <clears throat> and then it's got a, a, a tweet from Arizona Republican Party. Bombshell update on America's audit in Maricopa County. Be sure to watch the entire report. We know you'll be as mad as we are. And um, it's Kelly Ward's update on the 10th of May. Earlier today, Joe Hoft at the Gateway Pundit explained that routers show where data was sent and when it was sent. And that is why Maricopa County does not want to turn over the routers. And it's got a link to, um, I think it was one of the 
articles I shared last week. But basically what it does is it stores the IP addresses of um, data coming in and data going out. So they're obviously afraid that it's going to expose this manipulation of the um, voting by an external party. And we know from the past about how many potential foreign agents could have been involved in manipulating the votes. We've had Italy, um, or well, the, the list goes on, China, of course, and so on. So another example of the level of panic going on here. And incidentally, the sheriff who was objecting to the um, router, routers being handed to the auditors he actually had a donation from Soros. And um, there's a lot of interesting information there about how these board of supervisors perhaps are influenced by political donations. And, and so it raises the question, what are they trying to hide? And I think we all know the answer to that. Now, at the beginning of the week, the Arizona senators said they would um, issue a subpoena to make the Board of Supervisors and I think the sheriff involved to actually testify um, or answer questions about why they wouldn't um, release the routers and also to do with these admin passwords that they've been saying they don't have. Um, unfortunately... Uh, a couple of days ago on Thursday, they backed off. And this is this is an article from Epoch Times. Arizona senators back off subpoena threat over audit, ask Maricopa officials to attend meeting on serious issues. Arizona's Senate has backed off from its threat to subpoena Maricopa County officials, instead asking them to voluntarily appear at a meeting next week to answer questions about serious issues that have been uncovered by a 2020 election audit. Now, given that they're saying voluntarily, how do you think they're going to respond? <laughs> That's a rhetorical question again. Arizona Senate President Karen Fan, a Republican, asked Maricopa County Board of Supervisors Chairman Jack Sellers, also a Republican, on Wednesday to cooperate with the Senate to resolve the issues, including the county's non-compliance with earlier subpoenas. And just a side note here, it just shows that this is not Republican versus Democrat. We've got corruption on both sides of the aisle, and it's Republicans here who are battling against complying with these subpoenas. We've seen the same thing in, uh, in Georgia with Governor Kemp and Raffenberger. You know, they're Republicans, rhinos, in effect. <clears throat> the county is refusing to supply routers or even images of routers used in connection with last year's election, claiming doing so would pose a security risk. A Senate lawyer said last week the body would issue fresh subpoenas unless the requested material was produced, but instead Fan wrote a letter to Sellers seeking to convince him to cooperate voluntarily. Fan is proposing having Cypher, one of four firms hired to carry out the audit in Maricopa County, review virtual images of the relevant routers in county facilities with representatives from the county sheriff's office present. Such an arrangement will permit Maricopa County to retain custody and monitor the review of router data while ensuring that the Senate may access the information it requires 
and to which it is constitutionally entitled to successfully complete its audit. The Senate has no interest in viewing or taking possession of any information that is unrelated to the administration of the 2020 general election, she wrote in the new letter. Fan also expressed concern that the county either does not have or will not provide passwords to access administrative functions on vote tabulation machines. She told Sellers that it strains credulity to posit that the county has no contractual right to obtain, i.e. control of, password information from Dominion. Dominion has not returned requests for comment. Auditors, the top senator continued, have become aware of apparent omissions, inconsistencies and anomalies relating to Maricopa County's handling, organisation and storage of ballots. That includes a lack of chain of custody documentation for the ballots, bags in which the ballots were stored not being sealed, and a disparity between the actual number of ballots in a batch and the total listed on a pink report slip accompanying the batch which the county provided. In one case, the discrepancy was 35 votes. Batches are supposed to contain 200 ballots. Additionally, the audit teams found an entire database directory deleted from an election machine, even though the details appear to have been covered by the subpoena. Combined with not finding the main database for the election management software, this suggests that the main database for all election-related data for the November 2020 general election has been removed, Fan said. And it's got some images here of um, the count, the, the audit being conducted, and also uh, Karen Fan talking to reporters. <clears throat> she told Sellers that she hopes the issues can be resolved without additional subpoenas and invited him and any other county officers or employees who know about the outline matters to attend a meeting at the Arizona State Capitol on May 18th. The hearing will be live streamed. I'm looking forward to the county coming to the Arizona Capitol to answer these important questions related to the audit, State Senator Warren Peterson, a Republican, said in a statement. Maricopa County, its elections department, Sellers and a Sellers aide did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Maricopa County officials previously fought against subpoenas from the Senate, claiming they were too broad. A county judge ruled in February that the subpoenas, which were issued in late 2020, were valid and should be obeyed. Among the materials subpoenaed were machines, routers and access to technology used in the election. The county has said its own machine forensic audit, carried out by Pro-VMV and SLI compliance in February, uncovered no issues. A hand count on November 4th, which reviewed 2% of ballots cast on election day and 1% cast early, yielded a 100% match to the results produced by the tabulation equipment. The county's two independent audits have already shown there was no foul play in the 2020 general election, Sellers, the board chairman, said in a statement last week. The current audit is looking at machines and all of the nearly 2.1 million ballots cast in Arizona's largest county in the election. Democrats tried stopping the audit, alleging security and privacy issues, but were rejected by a judge. Democrats eventually reached a settlement with the state Senate. Arizona's Secretary of State, 
Katie Hobbs, a Democrat, has accused the Senate and its contractors of violating the agreement. The Senate has said it is not. This is really dangerous to our democracy. This is a group of people who are clearly partisan. It is headed by a company that has no auditing or election experience and they're making up the rules as they go along, Hobbs said on The Daily Show on Wednesday. Talk about hypocritical, <laughs> accusing um, the uh, the auditors of being, re- being partisan when they're clearly partisan themselves trying to block it. Hobbs announced earlier in the day that observers from her office found a Wi-Fi router connected to the audit servers, adding there's no way to ensure that ballot images, vote counts and perhaps voter data weren't connected to external networks or the internet. But the team, led by one of her predecessors, Ken Bennett, a Republican who is the Senate's liaison for the audit, said no wireless was ever enabled. This was explicitly explained to the SOS observers on site, the team said. We are open to providing all passwords and access needed for a forensic investigation of the router if requested. bit different from the other side's attitude. Following up on that, I've got an article from May 13th. Uh, This is Western Journal. Arizona Senate president drops bombshell election audit interference allegations against Maricopa County. Although the majority of members on the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors are Republican, they have been fighting the Arizona State Senate's forensic audit of the November election from the get-go. Last week, the board refused to turn over routers the Senate had subpoenaed and claimed not to have the passwords to access administrative control functions of election machines, according to the Epoch Times. I think I've read all of the articles from them relating to this. The Maricopa County audit team discovered on Wednesday that a directory full of election databases from the 2020 election cycle had been deleted days before county election officials were scheduled to hand over the election equipment for forensic review. The team broke the news on social media saying that this was a spoliation, or spoilation it should be I think, of evidence. A screenshot provided by the Maricopa audit Twitter page shows that all of the data had been modified on April 12th. And there's a screenshot from Maricopa, Arizona audit tweet Twitter account. Breaking update, Maricopa County deleted a directory full of election databases from the 2020 election cycle days before the election equipment was delivered to the audit. This is spoliation of evidence. Now, one of the things that um, Anons have noted is that the screenshot in this tweet is from a data recovery program. So, you know, anybody who knows anything about IT knows that you can delete um, directories and so on, folders. But unless you do a Hillary Clinton bleach bit, <laughs> um, the, the folders can be restored. So this screenshot is showing all the folders. There are a couple that have zero bytes so perhaps that data is lost but the rest you know are all there so um i think the the attempt to remove that evidence um really has failed miserably and will blow up in their faces anyway to continue after the team discovered that the database had been deleted karen fan the president of the arizona state senate 
sent a letter to the chairman of the Maricopa Board of Supervisors, Jack Sellers, demanding some answers. We have recently discovered that the entire database directory from the D drive of the machine EMS primary has been deleted, she began. This removes election-related details that appear to have been covered by the subpoena. In addition, the main database for the election management system software, EMS, results, tally and reporting, is not located anywhere on the EMS primary machine, even though all of the EMS clients reference that machine as the location of the database. This suggests that the main database for all election-related data for the November 2020 general election has been removed, Fan wrote. Can you please advise as to why these folders were deleted and whether there are any backups that may contain the deleted folders? To date, attorneys for Maricopa County Board of Supervisors have refused to produce virtual images of routers used in connection with the general election, relying on a conclusory and unsupported assertion that providing the routers would somehow endanger the lives of law enforcement officers, their operations or the protected health information and personal data of Maricopa County citizens, fans said. If true... The fact that Maricopa County stores on its routers substantial quantities of citizens and employees' highly sensitive personal information is an alarming indictment of the county's lax data security practices rather than of the legislative subpoenas. Similarly, the county's assertion that producing the internet routers for inspection would cost up to $6 million seems at odds with Deputy County Attorney Joseph LaRue's prior representation to audit liaison Ken Bennett that the routers already had been disconnected from the county's network and were prepared for imminent delivery to the Senate, she continued. Nevertheless, in an effort to resolve the dispute regarding production of the routers, we propose that agents of Cypher, an experienced digital forensics firm, and subcontractor of Cyber Ninjas review virtual images of the relevant routers in Maricopa County facilities and in the presence of representatives of the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office, Fan wrote. The article goes, or should I say the letter in the article goes on to talk about how Maricopa County has refused to provide passwords and... Um, what inconsistencies have been discovered and it does include the complete letter i want to move on to another article so i'm not going to to actually read the rest of the article because um i also want to cover this crimes against humanity topic now this is an interesting development this was an article again by gateway pundit that came out yesterday dominion announces they willingly gave passwords to Maricopa County auditors in February, but refused to give passwords to state Senate audit team. On Thursday, Dominion stated they voluntarily supply access to their election equipment only to vendors accredited by the US Election Assistance Commission. We happily did so for the accredited providers, vendors, that Maricopa hired for auditing. However, this is not true. According to audit vendor Pro-VMV, Dominion Voting Systems provided passwords directly to Maricopa Board of Election employees, and those employees logged into the equipment themselves, allowing auditors system access. And this is from Dominion Voting Systems' statement. Um, 
Dominion voluntarily provides access to voting machine equipment and information to auditors who have been accredited by the U.S. Election Assistance Commission. We happily did so with the independent EAC accredited providers that Maricopa County hired for system auditing earlier this year. If Cyber Ninjas went through the process of successfully obtaining EAC accreditation, Dominion would, of course, cooperate, as we do with all federally accredited auditors. However, not only is Cyber Ninjas unaccredited, but they have also already demonstrated bias and incompetence, including committing a serious breach of the secure chain of custody that protects voting equipment, which has been deemed by the US government as critical infrastructure. Releasing Dominion's intellectual property to an unaccredited, biased and plainly unreliable actor such as Cyber Ninjas will be reckless, causing irreparable damage to the commercial interests of the company and the election security interests of the country. No company should be compelled to participate in such an irresponsible act. Um, the thing to note here is they're talking about accreditation which relates to verifying the voting machine equipment. It doesn't refer or it doesn't apply to actually auditing the election itself. So this excuse by Dominion is um, just unworthy of attention whatsoever. It just isn't valid. And again, you know, panic or what? They don't want to release this information. So there's definitely a discrepancy in the stories here. Um, I want to move on now to um, just read you something which came in this week. And this relates again to the kind of helicopter view of the election. Over 120 retired generals sign a letter alleging Biden fraudulently stole the election. Now, it's interesting because we had a letter from uh, reti other retired military members months ago claiming that the election wasn't stolen. So this is interesting. This was um, on the 14th yesterday. The Biden regime has found itself facing major backlash in a recent letter signed by over 100 American heroes. Incidentally, this is from WeLoveTrump.com. Over 120 retired generals and admirals have signed a letter which called out the Biden administration for stealing the 2020 election. The group that wrote the letter calls themselves the Flag Officers for America and titled their letter Open Letter from Retired Generals and Admirals. They didn't sugarcoat anything either. One general wrote, The FBI and Supreme Court must act swiftly when election irregularities are surfaced and not ignore them as was done in 2020. They also blasted the Biden administration for calling voter ID laws racist and said using racial terms to suppress proof of eligibility is itself a tyrannical intimidation tactic. There's quite a bit of editorial stuff in here. Let me jump down to the actual letter. Open letter from retired generals and admirals. Our nation is in deep peril. We are in a fight for our survival as a constitutional republic like no other time since our founding in 1776. The conflict is between supporters of socialism and Marxism versus supporters of constitutional freedom and liberty. During the 2020 election, an open letter from senior military leaders was signed by 317 retired generals and admirals and it said the 2020 election could be the most important election since our country was founded. With the Democratic 
get with the Democrat Party welcoming socialists and Marxists, our historic way of life is at stake. Unfortunately, that statement's truth was quickly revealed, beginning with the election process itself. Without fair and honest elections that accurately reflect the will of the people, our constitutional republic is lost. Election integrity demands ensuring there is one legal vote cast and counted per citizen. Legal votes are identified by state legislatures, approved controls using government IDs, verified signatures, etc., Today, many are calling such common sense controls racist in an attempt to avoid having fair and honest elections. Using racial terms to suppress proof of eligibility is itself a tyrannical intimidation tactic. Additionally, the rule of law must be enforced in our election processes to ensure integrity. The FBI and Supreme Court must act swiftly when election irregularities are surfaced and not ignore them as was done in 2020. Finally, HR1 and S1, if passed, would destroy election fairness and allow Democrats to forever remain in power, violating our constitution and ending our representative republic. Aside from the election, the current administration has launched a full-blown assault on our constitutional rights in a dictatorial manner, bypassing the Congress with more than 50 executive orders quickly signed, many reversing the previous administration's effective policies and regulations. Moreover, population control actions such as excessive lockdowns, school and business closures, and most alarming censorship of written and verbal expression are all direct assaults on our fundamental rights. We must support and hold accountable politicians who will act to counter socialism, Marxism and progressivism support our constitutional republic and insist on fiscally responsible governing while focusing on all Americans, especially the middle class, not special interest or extremist groups which are used to divide us into warring factions. Additional national security issues and actions. Open borders jeopardise national security by increasing human trafficking, drug cartels, terrorists' entry health CV-19 dangers and humanitarian crises. Illegals are flooding our country, bringing high economic costs, crime, lowering wages and illegal voting in some states. We must re-establish border controls and continue building the wall while supporting our dedicated border control personnel. Sovereign nations must have controlled borders. China is the greatest external threat to America. Establishing cooperative relations with the Chinese Communist Party emboldens them to continue progress toward world domination, militarily, economically, politically and technologically. We must impose more sanction and restrictions to impede their world domination goal and protect America's interests. America's interests. The free flow of information is critical to the security of our republic, as illustrated by freedom of speech and the press being in the First Amendment of our Constitution. Censoring speech and expression, distorting speech, spreading disinformation by government officials, private entities and the media is a method to suppress the free flow of information, a tyrannical technique used in closed societies. We must counter this on all fronts, beginning with removing Section 230 protection from big tech. Re-engaging in the flawed Iran nuclear deal would result in Iran acquiring nuclear weapons along with the means to deliver them. 
thereby upsetting Middle East peace initiatives and aiding a terrorist nation whose slogans and goals include death to America and death to Israel. We must resist the new China-Iran agreement and not support the Iran nuclear deal. In addition, continue with the Mideast peace initiatives, the Abraham Accords and support for Israel. Stopping the Keystone Pipeline eliminates our recently established energy independence and causes us to be energy dependent on nations not friendly to us while eliminating valuable US jobs. We must open the Keystone Pipeline and regain our energy independence for national security and economic reasons. Using the US military as political pawns, with thousands of troops deployed around the US Capitol building, patrolling fences guarding against a non-existent threat along with forcing politically correct policies, like the divisive critical race theory into the military at the expense of the war-fighting mission, seriously degrades readiness to fight and win our nation's wars, creating a major national security issue. We must support our military and vets, focus on war fighting, eliminate the corrosive infusion of political correctness into our military, which damages morale and war fighting cohesion. The rule of law is fundamental to our republic and security. Anarchy as seen in certain cities cannot be tolerated. We must support our law enforcement personnel and insist that DAs, our courts and the DOJ enforce the law equally fairly and consistently toward all. The mental and physical condition of the commander-in-chief cannot be ignored. He must be able to quickly make accurate national security decisions involving life and limb anywhere, day or night. Recent Democrat leadership's inquiries about nuclear code procedures sends a dangerous national security signal to nuclear-armed adversaries, raising the question about who is in charge. We must always have an unquestionable chain of command. Under a Democrat Congress and the current administration, our country has taken a hard left turn towards socialism and a Marxist form of tyrannical government, which must be counted, countered now by electing congressional and presidential candidates who will always act to defend our constitutional republic. The survival of our nation and its cherished freedoms, liberty and historic values are at stake. We urge all citizens to get involved now at the local, state and or national level to elect political representatives who will act to save America, our constitutional republic, and hold those currently in office accountable. The will of the people must be heard and followed. And then it's got the list of signatures. I just want to very quickly cover the crimes against humanity topic. I mean, out there, there's a lot more information about um, adverse reactions to the vaccines. Uh, we're now up to over 4,000 deaths uh, recorded and that, you know, over, I think about 119,000 adverse reaction reports. But this is looking at it from the point of view of crimes against humanity. It's Forbidden Knowledge TV. Dr. Rainer Fuelmick, international lawyer, has all the evidence that pandemic is crime, and it's May the 11th. We've been focusing on the medical aspect of our stealth world war, but there is as well a massive legal dimension to it. And Dr. Rainer Fuelmick is at the tip of the spear. Dr. Fuelmick is a lawyer who's been a member of the bar in both Germany and California for 27 years, during which time he litigated with success against Volkswagen and Deutsche Bank, the latter of which he calls one of the most criminal organisations in this world. 
For nearly a year, he's been building a legal case of crimes against humanity in the enforcement of lockdowns based on the fraudulent use of PCR test results. His International Corona Investigative Committee, formed by lawyers, doctors and scientists, have jointly reached the conclusion that COVID-19 may be the greatest crime against humanity in history. He says this has never been about the virus. This has never been about health. This has always been about taking everything away from us so that we would become dependent on them, plus population reduction, plus gaining complete control over those who are left. This is what all the evidence, all of the people who we interviewed on the Corona Committee, what this points to. This conclusion is inevitable. What we're dealing with is 0.000001% of the population trying to gain control over the rest of the world. This is not about money because this group of people, maybe 3,000, they are the super rich. They're not going <clears throat> to need to buy a tenth or third yacht or the 20th Maserati or whatever. So this is not really about money. But it is about money because they're using it to bribe people in the hospitals, the doctors, the politicians. They're also using all kinds of psychological techniques in order to manipulate and threaten people. The Davos clique, you know, the self-appointed political elite and self-appointed corporate elite, that is part of the people who we are dealing with. He then goes on to talk about globalism and the WHO uh, private organisations run by the super rich is being behind all this. I haven't got time to share the rest of it. Um, the time has gone faster than I expected, as always. But um, I hope you've enjoyed the show today. Um, thank you for listening. Just as a reminder, you can find me at the successalchemist.net and the webalchemist.net and also empoweredmanifestation.com. Thank you to Nancy for producing, and I hope you'll join me next week for another Cosmic Creating show. So take care, stay well, and bye for now. You have been listening to the Cosmic Creating Radio Show with Jan Shaw, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio. Live long and prosper. 